Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts. Shane, Phil, Scott, and Martin, as they kick off this week's discussion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. My name is Scott, and I'm joined by the usual posse, if that's what we can call ourselves. Uh, we got Martin up here. Even though? we got Phil over there. What's up, nerds? we got Shane by there. Ahoy, hoy. And uh, that's uh, that's us. Um, this week, we are talking about a book that's very dear and close to my heart, Lock and Key, Volume 2, entitled Head Games, published by IDW in 2009. And this is covering 1 to 6. You go, oh, wait, Scott, you've made a mistake. It's actually 7 to 12. No, it's 1 to 6, okay? Um, I don't know why they've done it, but every volume uh, for Lock and Key is another you know, issue one to six. So this is volume two, volume two, head games, one to six. Um, written by the fantastic Joe Hill, art by uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, colors by Jay Photos, letters by Robbie Robbins as well. Um, before we go ahead and say hi to everyone, I'll let you know what this book was about. So even though it's a new issue one to six, it still carries on from uh, the last events of the book. Um, but this story really focuses on a new key that Bode uh, finds called the head key. Um, it allows the characters to open up their heads um, uh, uh, so everyone around them can peer into them. They can see their memories, see their feelings and emotions in their heads, and they discover that they can put things inside their heads to learn more information, or they can take things out to forget things uh, such as um, particular memories and uh, certain emotions as well um, but our evil bad guy Zach he's still around he's uh, he's doing the dirty he is killing people off that recognize him he is you know twisting um, and manipulating Ellie he's slithering his way into the key family and uh, really um, taking advantage of them uh, it's a very compelling story. I really enjoyed it. This is my second time reading it. Can you tell? Um, and uh, yeah, um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, only one person in the chat so far. We've got more people watching. We know you're there. Say hi. Um, Liam is there. He's saying, hi ho How are you doing, buddy? Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, so this is our second installment of Sequels Month this month. And I'm really happy it's this. But um, please, uh, I want to choose. I want to start off on a on a high, potentially. I, I know Shane loves this series, so I want to start off with Shane, please. What did you think? Please. I loved it. I just, I, you can't help but love this whole story. The, the universe that's been created, the magic, the characters. I love it all. Um, I was a fan of the show before I read this. So I have prior knowledge of mm. events I'm guessing that were taken from the book because quite a lot of this does happen in both the TV show and the book so but this volume I was a bit skeptical at the beginning the story about Mr Redgrave uh yeah. Ridgeway yeah it was um this brand new character thrown into it um I was kind of like why do I care why should I care and then I realized he was put there as a stepping stone for dodge to show just how evil he is and oh, yeah. how long he's been around um but yeah i just what's not to love about this book the the art is fantastic the characters are great um bodhi is just as annoying as he is in the tv show so they nailed that that little kid just needs a slap every time <laughs> i see him yeah <laughs> yep and i just i thought it was really interesting um the way you look into people's heads because in the tv show it's a door so you put the key in and a door appears and you oh. are like an astral projection form of yourself and you can go through that door and see all your memories. You can put things in, take things right. out the same. 
But I thought it was quite interesting the way the head just opens. And when you look in, the person whose head it is joins you to have a look. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was confused at first until they mentioned it in the book because a Bodhi's there looking into his own head and I was like, what? where'd he come from? But yeah, it's super fun. So entertaining, yeah. so dark. Well, uh, that's, that's really interesting because I haven't watched the show based on the fact that I hated episode one. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's really interesting to see how they... I like That was, for me, when I found out they were making it into a show, and I was like, I thought about the head key pretty much straight away. I was like, oh, that's going to be so cool seeing that as like a live action, I guess, with CGI on it and stuff. Um, but they didn't copy the book. They just did their own thing. Yeah, I think, but I think in the TV show, it works well because when they go through the door, because the doors are different for everyone because it's, everyone's brain is different, yeah. but everyone's memories are cataloged differently. So like right. someone who's like really anal and like meticulous, their memories will be like a library. So everything's perfectly placed. Organized. So you okay. know where everything is and it's all organized. And if someone's a bit hectic, you go in there and it's just like a messy apartment and you just have to find things. Right. So I think they did that really well in the TV show. But I did yeah. I did enjoy this looking into someone's skull. I mean, my yeah. page pick is when Bodhi first <laughs> opens his head and the look on people's faces because it's just cool. fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing that later. Uh, Phil? Um, I mean, the, the apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree. This is a very Stephen King esque story, and um, which I really enjoyed. Um, I think definitely. I mean, I read both volumes today together as one. You know, sometimes we've discussed if you're reading volumes on its own without the kind of like how do you put this? Like you're into that mindset of you know, yeah. it's like last week with Deadly Class, I read all three at the one go, and I definitely feel like you. you you enjoy it more, so that's why I wanted to read both volumes again. I do think volume one was slightly better, but this was still pretty, pretty great. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I, uh, I, I, I quite like Drew. Was it Red Ridgeway? Is that his name? Or yeah. Red? yeah. I thought I liked him. Um, I'm, I'm, I was sad about him. Um, and then the it kind of like the intensity picks up at the end with, is it Ellie? Mm -hmm. His aunt or previous love, but everyone thinks that. You know, he's the aunt of sack whatever and it just kicks on like the intensity and i really like it and i like the use of the, the 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 key and to be fair the tv show i was a fan at the time at least season one but after reading these two volumes again today like i just think it's that's so far superior than the tv show no i like i just enjoy it a lot more so yeah um kudos i do i do feel like there, it, it stretched on longer than it needed to at parts in the middle. It's kind of like, it's like they had a class last week that had a good start, really good end. Some stuff in the middle was okay, but maybe we could have had a little bit more done slightly differently, but it was all enjoyable. I'll say that. It was only three issues in the middle. It was you had the, a prologue and an epilogue and then three issues. Yeah, I had the opposite issue. I feel like you could have dropped issues one and six. Like I didn't need to see Mr. Ridgeway um, really. I mean, I know why he's there, but you didn't really need... To, sorry, Ridgeway, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You didn't really need to see him just to show how evil Dodge is. And you didn't need the part at the end with um, Ellie. I keep... Uh, yeah, Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. I, I don't know why I can't remember her name. It's, mm -hmm. That's so terrible. Um, but Ellie, you didn't need to see her memory of her with her mum. That was just... It was just extra. So for me, the beginning and the end were not needed. I felt the middle part was... The star of this. See, I find the middle part um again enjoyable. I'm not criticizing it. It's just like the kind of Bodhi having the key and showing his brother and sister, and then getting their friends around. It just took maybe longer than it needed to, but I still enjoyed it. But I, just, I did enjoy the like the early stuff of killing her mom. Like that was all like part to show how Dodge was in her head, you know. And now it, it Rufus, by the way, her son is fantastic. Like he's brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I love awesome. I, I love him. Like this way, he's like, obviously he's not quite right in the head or whatever, and he he's talking to his twice soldiers and he's like he's in the military, but he's fantastic. Um, I want more of him, but then it wouldn't be the same. But no, I just think he has all these elements, Joe Hill, that add up to a really good story. And uh, yeah, like I say, Stephen King esque. I don't. I, I've never read much Joe Hill stuff. Certainly not his novels. I've read the kind of DC stuff he's done. Um, but 
if, if his work's like this, I, I'd want to read more. Good, good. Martin? Well, this is my first experience of Lock of Key in general. Same <laughs> as every other sequels month so far. I've had to double read. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really did enjoy it. The, I do agree with Phil. The first volume, I think, was a little bit stronger than this one. Um, and I do agree. The bit at the end of this, this this volume was a little bit... I could have done without it being as long. But overall, I loved it. This is what I want from an indie title. These are the indie titles I want to read. Um, the artwork was fantastic. You know, it just suited the whole style of the story and the characters. I just, I just want to know more. You know, I felt like I'm ready for volume three now. So, yeah, yes. Uh, speaking of the collected stuff, you can get this book collected in a lovely, lovely master edition. Uh, there are three of them. They collect two volumes in each. So, you know, book one is volume one and two, book two, three and four, and so on. Uh, there's also an omnibus of the Lock and Key story as well, if you wanted to just have it all in one big book. The trades are awesome. You can get a slipcase edition, which I did have, but then sold it when I bought the master editions. Um, but yeah, it is a fantastic book to, to own in any of the collected editions that they have. Definitely. You can see why it's had so many collected editions. Oh, yeah. Um, just off the yeah. quality line. And to, to kind of rail off a little bit, um, you know, this story is only 36 issues long, but there are still more spin-off stories. They're like between one and three issues long, depending on the type of story that it is. And they're still coming out now and again. Um, but they're collected in hardcovers as well. I think the most recent one was a Sandman crossover. Um, but that's yeah, usually uh, frustrating. Like they're common out, but they're not the same size. And for for you know collectors like ourselves, we want things to match on the shelf. Yeah. And and hopefully they bring them out in oversize at some point, and then I'll buy them. But until the then, only way you'll get them in oversize at the moment is if you bought the French version. They have yeah. the master edition uh, uh, style. But only in French for the spin-off stories. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to learn French just to, <laughs> to read it. <laughs> That's a hard pass. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to some of the arty stuff then. Um, first of all, one thing I only ever noticed in a lock and key story, and I've only ever seen it in a lock and key story, but maybe you guys, you know, you guys have read more, so maybe you can tell me. Um, I love the fact that the chapter titles and like the credits of the, each issue are kind of like kind of drawn into the book, if you know what I mean. So like um, the intermission at the start, all of the, you know, Joe Hill, you know, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez and stuff like that, they were kind of like etched into the tree that Ridgeway was sitting against. Uh, issue one, it's all like written on the bricks of the walls, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, it's just, there's no like glaringly, boom, Chapter one, Joe Hill. Blah, blah, blah. It's just subtly just added in and kind of worked into the uh, art of that page. It's like it, it is it is fairly common, but still not quite common. That mm. when you do see it, you really appreciate it. Like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I suppose you're right with like Marvel or DC. They may just slap a big yeah banner on to say you know you know Tom Kane or something whatever. But I, I like that's done here. Um, yeah, I agree. Like I say, it, it does get done quite often, but you appreciate it when you do see it because you maybe don't see it as often as you think we should see it. Mm. You used to see it a lot more in the 2000s. Your Young right. Justice, your Peter David Supergirls, things like that. That is cool. It's more yeah. unique. You know, it just... It's, it shows more care, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. You can say there's been thought gone into it. Anyone can just slap text over the top of the image. And, and the thing yeah. is, too, though, like... Um, the one you mentioned with the edge of the tree, they, they were having fun with it. They were like, you know, Joe Hill was yeah. here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what the, the slogan was for the artist. And it was like Gabriel Rodriguez and such such rule or something like that. And I can't remember exactly. But like, they just have a bit of fun with it, you know. But yeah, um, no, I I think the art overall. Um, again, when you watch the TV show first and then you see the art, it doesn't really kind of match or something like Tyler, for example. He looks like a big kind of a big guy, strong jaw, whatever else. But I was like, no, that's almost like a thug. But he looks like he could be a thug. We're in the show. Like he's a rugby like, player. Yeah, like, yeah, like a big brute, like a big, uh, like a a rugger. Isn't that right? 
and um, he uh, the, the art kind of reminds me of the boys slightly. Yes, that kind, of, that kind of style of the boys art that we had earlier this season. And I do like it. I prefer it here than the boys, but I do like this style. It's quite crooked and quite weird and but dark in places too. Um, yeah, I liked it. Like but it works really stuff. well. Yeah, it works really well. And very detailed as well. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the faces are good. The faces are great. Mm. Yeah. Anything notable from you guys for the art then? Just how on the spot. <laughs> well, because it's because it, overall it's just so good. But I just I love the magic aspect, the way the magic is done. Mm. I I enjoy uniqueness to magic because everyone can do a line of magic, or, you know, or just some random colors on a page. But when they go to the trouble of actually, like I said, when you're looking inside Bodhi's head, and you can see all the memories and the way it's laid out and the way if you zoom in and obviously I read this digitally so I was able to zoom into his memories and there's like he's flying around as a superhero and there's all these tiny little details yeah. in there but they they're all done so well it's all placed perfectly for what is he like eight nine like for a nine-year-old's brain yeah. that's pretty much how you'd imagine it to be like comic books mum like magic fun schoolwork monsters it was all in there yeah just a classic kid but yeah it's cool yeah. that you go into everyone's heads eventually and you all see you know you see a different style of thing for each person um you actually see into what's their sister's name King, King... kinsey kinsey do we actually do we see into her yeah we do see into her yeah. as well don't we Hers is a bit uh, more dark. yeah um but yeah it's so great i don't think it's Ellie's head we don't see in two. Yeah. And he goes into her head later on in like the last but one issue, I think. Yeah, he just takes out um Dodge, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um maybe go on. Do you know the one thing I didn't like about the art? Um yeah. Sack or look. I just don't like him. I don't like how he looks. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like in volume one, obviously it was a girl and a dress. It's like, yeah, she looks quite cool. And then, obviously, that's a boy with short hair and a piercing. It just looks like a, someone I just wouldn't like. <laughs> like He looks like Luke Perry from 90210. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, I just don't like his black hair. I don't like his hairstyle. I don't like his lip ring. I don't like his vibe. I don't like him. You're That's not probably to like him. Yeah. He's the bad guy. Probably for <laughs> a reason, yeah. Like, some bad guy is going to look really cool. He doesn't. I'm glad for that. He's, he's For me, he's a bit more than a bad guy. You know, he's absolutely twisted and just mental and just gone in the head. And Yeah. He'll just do anything to get what he wants. What yeah. is his true form, though? Because in in the mem in in Ellie's head, it was Dodge the girl. Remember in the jars, well, break mm. emergency, and then obviously the the flashbacks, whatever, from whenever Rendell was a teenager, it was a boy called Luke. So, like, what, like, yeah, is he good. Luke? Is Luke the bad guy? And obviously, whatever he's become later down yeah. the line. You'll have to read on, mate. Okay. Or watch the Netflix show. It's no. all explained. Because no. <laughs> I do agree. He looks more menacing as Dodge. I just, yeah. he's got this like teenage slasher look about him now. Mm. And it just, you don't, I, I, I didn't get that menacing vibe. I got that, right, I've just got to go and kill everybody that knows about me. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's like, just mm. like. Dodge or Echo was definitely more threatening looking. Do you remember that scene mm. whenever. Bodie turned his back on the well and she came out of the well and big bright white eyes like that was frightening and I think that's what this volume kind of misses it didn't have that kind of intense horror if you know what I'm trying to say like that kind of suspensefulness or whatever and I, I think it's because I just I just didn't take to the the look off uh off Luke or Sack whatever his name is right should we get on five pages yeah 
get into our page issue we uh just because we're hyping in the author so much i just want to see some more um okay do great let's do it so who are we gonna go for first let's uh let's do the same order that we spoke in right so we'll go for shane first here we go yeah so i picked the page for the bottom panel i just love the facial expressions on tyler and kinsey <laughs> Like Bodhi's like, look, I've got something to show you. Watch this. And he sticks the key in and he opens it. And we haven't seen it yet. We don't see till the next page what he's actually done. Yeah. But the look on their face, like you can imagine he's literally just like turned himself inside out and he's just like, <laughs> you know, like just exploded in front of them. And it's just fantastic. The facial expressions throughout both volumes, because volume one, I think I really enjoyed the facial expressions when Bodhi went through the ghost door. Yeah. And he just drops and he's like, I really appreciate yeah, that yeah. much detail yeah. in the face. They really go to their facial expressions all the way through. Tells you exactly yeah. what you need to know is happening in that situation. Because there's no words. You don't no. need the words. Their faces tell you everything. You get the sound effect, that tack of the <laughs> the key turning and something's happened. And then you just see that reaction and it's just like, what happens? Like, does it disappear or does it like flip backwards? Like what? <laughs> How does it happen? Like a bike helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that you haven't chosen like, you know, one of the cool splash pages or whatever. It's just you've gone for just that one panel just for their facial expressions. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. Really good. I saw that. It had to be my page. Yeah. Philly boy, you're next. Um. Well, the reason why, again, facial expressions, the horror on Kinsey and Tyler, but again, there's a page before this where Bodie's trying to look into his head again, where here mm -hmm. he's like right there, Frodden's and they're looking into his own head. Like that's, again, Stephen King-esque freaky, if you know what I mean. So Joel Hill's obviously following that kind of trend where he's doing things that just make the reader think that is weird, that you could look into your own head. Yeah, And that's why I like it. And like I say, throughout the whole the whole volume. I mean, there's plenty of pages you can pick from for plenty of different reasons. Um, I can't fault the art at all, but again, faces, the horror, the shock, but it's just like him looking, like, and it's a perfect cut as well. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's like covered in blood or you see bits of brain or it's uneven. It's like a perfect bowl cut. And he's just Hannibal Lecter would be proud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's cruel and creepy at the same time. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, such a cool concept to think about as well. You know, oh, imagine looking into your own head, but actually looking yourself, you know, it's, into it's, yourself. It's funny too that his mom, obviously she has her own kind of thing going on, but yeah. she, didn't, she didn't even notice. She's like, oh, that's that's nice, son, or whatever she said. You know, like, she doesn't, yeah, doesn't ah, cool. yeah. Yeah, nice. And, oh no, the the fish sticks are burning, and that and that was it. Just carried on, carried on. See, I feel uh, like she knows about it. Yeah. I think she well, knew about it, but adults mm. don't remember. Yeah, adults forget about magic, and then they can't see it. Damn, damn it. Okay, uh, Martin. I went for the splash page. I couldn't help myself. The Medical. amount of detail in this was just oh, yeah. so good. Um, I, I couldn't help but just spend a bit, a little bit of extra time on this, on this page. Obviously, this is actually seen inside his head now, mm. and going back looking at his memories. And I think this was the most fun of all the inside of the mind uh, images that we saw. So oh I yeah, to, totally. So I went for this one. I just thought it was stunning for the detail. I love the yeah. space invaders, the top right. Yeah, I like his oh, mum's yeah. picture in the love heart frame. I think that's yeah. really sweet. See, I, like his, um, I like his uh, representation of his siblings and him on the bottom right corner. So you got like yeah. Tyler is like this grumpy caveman. Uh, <laughs> Kinsley is um, Kinsey. Sorry, she's like I, I know. I assume like the the lion from the Wizard of Oz. That's what I kind of got from that. And then he's like, yeah, a little TNT stick, just ready to ready to blow at any moment. Like, um, yeah. See, so what I was got looking for. a couple for, of keys in there as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was looking for, like, you know, like, uh, what do you call those things? Like, Marvel do them. What do you call them? The fine things. In the Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yeah. Like, also, there are plenty, but I mean, like, things that are relevant to the story that's happened before or yeah. kind of give you clues going forward. And obviously, mm -hmm. maybe there are stuff that we don't understand what it means, for example. Um, but maybe we'll do it at some point. 
Um, Speaking of like Easter eggs and looking for keys and stuff like that, in issue, well, in chapter one, so what's that? Issue two of this this story, uh, there are because I've read the whole thing. I know what the doors are. I know where they are and what they look like. So it's like I go, "Ooh, there's that door. Ooh, there's this door." But I know it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen yet. But it's cool to come back to this and recognize those. Um, it's very. Cool. Bodhi's trying out the key. Yeah, I recognize those doors as well from the TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, TV well, show. Have you read the entire story, Scott? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I can't not, mate. It's, it's such a fantastic thing. It's something I just couldn't put down as soon as I got to it. Um, okay, my page. Uh, not a head-opening related one. Still kind of related to the heads, but this is where uh, they take out the fear and the sadness emotion out of uh, Kinsey's head. Um, but I just love the design of these, and I love the, the fact that they're in a glass bottle and their speech bubbles have been drawn inside the glass <laughs> bottle as well. You kind of see that kind of, uh, like, what's it called? Distortion or disorientation with reflection. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, everything just gets a bit uh, morphed. Um, I thought it was brilliant. And just how they look, you know, the sadness emotion, dressed in black, a bouquet of flowers, and a massive, like, tap um, on her back. And she's just, like, you know, just constantly crying. And the fear is, like black and jagged and a really long gross tongue and has got like it's and for clothes she's wearing newspapers with oh he's wearing newspapers with like headlines like doom and gloom type of headlines and all that kind of stuff and it's so cool really really enjoyed that yeah totally different to how they did it in the tv show kinsey actually um has to fight her her um, fear and kill her fear and bury her in the woods Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I love this. It's really good. Really good. I can just see Scott just like dismissing any talk. Yeah. I just yeah. switch off. I just, I just, I just take, take my headphones out. Yeah. Just... You, you can see it in his face. Just, just shut down. <laughs> Reboot. Oh, oh sorry. Talk about the book now, are we? Okay, let's go back. Um, uh, I just wanted to show off a quick little bonus page as well, talking about like you know Easter eggs and stuff like that to let you know what's coming up in the future. Um, but here is like the scene where they kind of talk about the play um, that uh, was it Tyler and Kinsley and Bodie's dad and Luke and stuff like that did they did when they were kids and it was like the best play they've ever seen. Um, I don't know, I can't remember how many keys you see in Volume One, but in this picture alone, there's probably about five or six keys going on at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I can name like four of them. Yeah, but again, it's it's really cool for like if you haven't if you're reading this for the first time and you see this and it's a really great page, but then coming back to it, knowing about all these other keys and you're going, ah, oh, cool. So that bit is from the use of that key and then this from that key and stuff like that, and it's it's great. Really, really love it. Um, we got some uh, comments. Uh, so we've got one from Lee says the smash. Um, had, well, first of all, he said that he forgot to send a page in, but then retconned that by saying, um, oh, Scott chose my page. Um, but he says the smash that's written on that bottle is foreshadowing the breaking of the picture frame a few pages later, as well as being referenced to how uh, Echo escaped, as we discover in the epilogue. It's a really good, uh, really good bit of observation there. Thank you. Nice. Cool. Okay. I've still got loads more notes about the art, but I think um, we're half hour in. I think we should talk about a bit more about the story, and maybe I can just weasel some arty bits into there as well. Um, but uh, Martin, do you want to say anything particular about the story? Or I found this really well uh, well written. I, I I felt like coming from volume one, it, it left me wanting more. So, and I didn't feel I didn't feel like it was um, it lost traction from volume one. You know, I felt like I was, I still went in with that same buzz hmm. going into it. I think the only part of I didn't enjoy was the Zach character, the change to him. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I didn't find any fault with the with the main cast, um, with any of the additional, even the little story at the start with the teacher. I, I actually didn't mind that. I enjoyed that. I thought it yeah. built a little extra to it. Um, 
but no, it was my biggest issue with this, unfortunately, is the change to, right. to Zach from Dodge. Yeah. I think kind of carrying on from volume one as well. Again, when you read them all, like Martin has for the first time, when I read volume one again today, I took more from it. Like the guy I could remember from the first time I read it. But Sam Lesser, who was the guy who killed their dad, was great in volume one. So it's like when you take him out of the book and you have to replace him with something, even no sack or dodge, there's like the one pulling the strings. It wasn't as like in your face as the whole Sam Lesser thing was. Mm. So I think Dodge was better in Volume One, whilst controlling Sam. But in this, you kind of missed that. You're removing that because you're giving us more about the story and the key and the obviously the head game and stuff. But the main crux of the story, I'm assuming, is the stuff with Ellie. You know, that, that's the main. That's what's that's called head games. I'm assuming yes, is the head key. But also here's how it was used and here's how it's going to be used whatever with ellie so mm. i just think that it just took a slightly different way to continue the story forward but you're definitely missing that sam lesser threatening behavior because if you remember he he escaped the, the prison cell he got on the bus he set the bus on fire he blew up the, the boat driver like he just done a lot to get to the family whereas here it was just like sex appears and he's there as their friend there's no real kind of threat yet, even though you know there is. There's no threat for the family or something, and he doesn't even want to hurt them just yet. He's biding his time, but there's yeah. nothing like happening don't, in between. I think. Don't just, you think that's sorry, Scott? I, th I think I'm. I think I'm going to say the same as you. You carry on. Don't you think it's scarier not knowing the threat is there for the family? Like you yeah. knew Sam was coming. They kept showing that over and over again. You'd get the pages of him, like you say, but with Dodge, he's so terrifyingly calm around them even though they've got what he wants and he could just snap at any minute he's so calm and collected when he's around them he's friendly and he's nice and they're all falling for him you know they welcome him into the house so much so they want to tell him about this magic key but back in the background we see him kill mr ridgeway just straight up like he wants to make it he tries to make it painful but then he just does it just kills him gets Ellie to help him clean it up. Then he goes after Duncan to remove the memories. And he thinks Duncan's alone. So he goes, after he's finished, he goes into the kitchen and like makes himself a snack and Duncan's boyfriend rocks up. So then he just like quite calmly tries to kill Duncan's boyfriend who runs out into the road and gets run over anyway. And he's like, oh, well, that saved me the effort. And then he just leaves like completely calm. And I find that much more terrifying in a bad So guy. unsettling. I, yeah. I I agree with you to an extent, but with those two incidents described, he didn't want to shoot Mr. Ridgeway. He wanted to give him drugs. You know, had he, had he success that succeeded with that way to kill him, that would be more you know, threatening. And then even with Duncan, the gun jammed or whatever, the gun didn't go off and he got run over by, you know, the very butch looking, you know, homophobes. And they're like, clearly not lesbian homophobes. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, he didn't die at the hands of um, Zach. But I just think there, there's things like that could be done slightly differently for me. Again, I, I think me and Martin are on the same page where hmm. Zach just wasn't what we kind of thought. But I do agree with what you're saying. He's biding his time, and you can feel that. And at some point, he's going to decide he's now in control and he's going to do what he needs to do. But I just feel like as a threat for this particular volume, it, it, it wasn't there from from him for me. Yeah, I think we are on the same page, Phil. I, I just found I found him better as the puppet master as opposed yeah. to being the front and center villain. Mm. Yeah, I just I liked him scheming in the backgrounds and just you know showing a little bit of himself from the well. That that scene from the well was embedded in my brain from this series. Him coming yeah. out of, mm. and, and behind the young boy. It just that. That was phenomenal. And then to get a a little bit more of a toned-down version of him in this volume, yes, he was sadistic. Mm -hmm. I won't take that away from him. But he, he was relentless in his in his goal. But I just personally prefer the Dodge vibe yeah, just, that I got. Just the fact that like whenever he needed to get something done, he would just use the Anywhere key, just slip into an evidence room from a police station grab a gun, go and use it, and put it back. And yeah. I was like, that's so messed up, man. Um, and yeah, and I like, think... in, in a way, he is scheming. 
we are seeing that kind of puppet mastery kind of stuff still going, but we're just seeing it more. Like, you know, the, the Locke family still know nothing. And they still don't suspect him. And I guess for me, that's the that's the scary part. You know, it's it, he's doing all this stuff. People that they know when they're close to the teachers and whatever, it's happening. And yeah. they just don't have a clue why then, and who. I, I agree. I think as well, like, he never seemed in control, in my opinion. Mm. Like, he was like, when he goes to Ellie at the start, like, oh, we need to talk because he, you know, Ridgeway recognizes him and somebody else recognized him. Like, and Duncan, obviously, or it was Duncan recognized him. Like, he wasn't in, his, in control of the kind of whole situation where I think, had he been in more control, that would have been scarier, mm. you know. Um, yes, yes, towards the end, whenever you've seen the stuff of Ellie, essentially, he was pulling the strings with her. I just think that that that's my only negative, and I, that, it's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I very much enjoy the story. It's a great story. Um, I'm glad I, I read it and do want to read on. Not just because I bought all three master editions, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, <laughs> but again, I can't help but compare it to Volume One, and this just isn't quite on the same level, but still really, really good. Would you say it's, it's just on a different level? Just has it just moved a bit sideways? Sideways and down one. Right, diagonal. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad though they didn't just do the families in danger again in volume two thing because the fact they're not the locks aren't in danger in this book at, for any amount of time he's not threatening them at all at the moment because he needs to find the Omega key so he needs them so I like that it went families in danger in volume one you know Sam's coming to kill them all they have to deal with that this book we're not just going to do steps one to two again we're actually going to change it up and we're going to make him work in the background rather than in the foreground. I, I appreciate that. Um, so many books just do the same thing over and over again. And for this to do that, I, for me personally, I enjoy uh, a bad guy that works in the background rather than is just there all the time. You know, Thanos, I like the Thanos in the original Marvel movies. He's in the background, but you yeah. know, when he comes, he's going to be terrifying. Um, I think Rufus has his number. Again, you guys have read on. I haven't. I think Rufus has got his, has got him clocked. Why Rufus do we think is... Rufus doesn't have a keyhole in his neck? Yeah, yeah. That's so strange. He's a, he's a dark horse, him. Like... Mm. Yeah. Now, could it be one of two things? One, could it be because he's, um, you know, he's Mentally um, autistic? Yeah. Well, he's autistic. Or could it be two? Could it be Ellie, who did something with a different key to protect him from keys in the future when she was younger. I mean, Scott knows, I, so he can't say I, anything. I, <laughs> thing is, though, I've read on and I still went, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, well, that doesn't happen, but that sounds good. It should have happened. Yeah. Rufus See, uh, is cool. Like, in this volume alone, like, he's just, the way he just speaks, like, the way he's understanding everything, but just speaking through his toys... Yeah, when he tells the grandmother to put the cigarette out, but you see, right, soldier, put that cigarette out. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like to use the word, but whenever he peed his pants, and he's like, the way he reports that he's peed his pants and went to bed. And then he has like, there's been a leak in the barracks or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like he gets called off a derogatory name or whatever. It's just, it's really stupid, but really funny. Um, But even the fact that Ellie was like, um, oh, what was it? Like, trying him to bed, it's curfew. You know, she's military speak because yeah. controls him. He obviously does what I like this thing. He's really cool. Um, and I hope he ha- he plays a part in some way, and a, well, a, a big part going forward. I hope so. The, the way this story ends, you know, the last page of this this volume is mm. all of his like something happens when he's asleep. You know, Zach's there in it, and he's being he's saying something. He's being really creepy. I can't quite remember. But then, you know, his toys are speaking, and then all of a sudden. All of his toys speak in the background. They go, "Yes, sir," and it's like, "Yes, it's so cool." Yeah, like small soldiers yeah. is going to come. Yeah. Oh, what a film! <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I did really enjoy as well um, was the kind of I want to call it Ellie's origin in terms of when you know the little Dodge person in you know as as a female snuck into her head. And stuff like that, you know. So that that final issue, and it was all black and white. I thought that was really cool as well. Um, but yeah, but you have the history, then you learn about the mum, 
and how like horrid she is. Mm. She um, burns Rufus with a cigarette. I know. Oops. You know, says it's like, oh, there's there's a home for those kind of people, and it's horrible. And it's absolutely disgusting. And it they very quickly write this person in such a way that within a few pages you're going, yeah, get rid of her. She's horrible. I don't like her. You know, I hope she gets what she's got coming to her. Um, and you know, even though all this happened in such a short space. I found it very satisfying how it ended for her. You know, she had her comeuppance. Um, it was done right. You know, it 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 was good that Ellie didn't didn't kill her, but I think there's still some responsibility that she would feel. Yeah. From it as well. Um, Again, in that scene where Dodge appeared behind her. Yeah. Her <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, more I have that. a question. I have a question, Scott. Maybe you can answer. Who put the bottle with the little dodge behind the mirror with her sex toy? I assume it was her. Dodge originally. What back in the seventies? Yeah, just, like, just in case one day I need this. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing I can think of. Um, like I don't, there isn't. It's never explained, oh. as far as I know, as far as I can remember, but. Yeah, I just assumed it would have been Dodge in the 70s or whatever decade it was, just keeping it there for safekeeping. See, I was thinking it was Ellie herself, but um, she obviously got older, she doesn't remember mm. the keys and wouldn't remember. That's what I was thinking, Rendell or something. I wouldn't have thought Dodge. Maybe. Maybe uh, that's right. Ooh, but who knows? Yeah, maybe Ellie trapped it. Maybe Ellie took the memory out of her own head of Dodge and put it this in This calls for, you know what this calls for, guys? A little bit of interpretation yeah i've done one um, in a while the one thing i didn't like though is that little dodge crawls into her ear rather yeah. than just using the key and opening her head and getting in did was the head key one of them yeah the head key and the um the the uh nope, nope. well house key wasn't think it? It, no it's, it's it the like well house key and the gender key i got oh, it i the got it there key. now okay yeah Oh, so that, that explains then the boy-girl thing. Uh, I'm assuming the gender key. Yeah, the gender key is in volume one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah that's the sense. So obviously, the whole sack and uh, dodge, dodge yeah. thing that that explains that. Then I suppose. Uh, yeah, dodge. Yeah. So that's the So what's her? What's the true form? You'll never know, Luke. But you will just read on. Yeah, because <laughs> um, in the TV, I know Scott's going to glaze over, but in the TV show, it's not the gender key; it's the face key. So you put it under your chin, turn it, What's and you the can point? have any face you want. Oh, it is raging. Look at that. What's raging. the point? Because What's the point of taking? So Dodge all can these... turn a certain character into her later on, so that character gets thrown in the bin instead of her. It's very so clever. What? So you take the concept of this brilliant story and then just go, yeah, we like it, but we don't like any of the keys, and we'll just do our own. Thanks. It's very fit the actor. They couldn't. They want to change the actor and actress or whatever, and that's because I remember she was pretty. She was. Pretty hard, wasn't she? Dodge in the dodges, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when we talk Fair. about the TV show, I think we need, need to add a trigger warning at the bottom when Scott goes off <laughs> just on just for one. myself, just a trigger. <laughs> and because in uh, the TV show, Dodge and Tyler actually get a little bit freaky. Uh, grow up. <laughs> why, like, why, like, I'm not bothered about that, but why, why do they need to change so much from the story, you know, like. Just they they've made up keys, they've changed keys. What's the point? All of these keys are perfectly good. Just do the book. It's not like there's anything wrong with the source material. Just do the book. That's it. But you, but you could create some more keys. What's wrong with that? The mirror key is a great key to trap your enemy. It comes back in season three. It's very important. <sighs> yeah, I can imagine with a story like this, like you could essentially have unlimited keys, depending on what like this is what mm -hmm. I was thinking of the concept is like if you if you if this was to continue on for like a hundred issues. And at some point, the writer gets to find themselves in a bit of a rut. Like, how do I reverse this? And just have it. Like, just make a key up. And do yeah. you know I mean? There's, there's so much you can do with this. Like, well, you can make new keys. At the end yeah. of this book, it, it, it tells the story of how this girl made keys, doesn't it? It tells you that she made the gender key and she made the head key, and you know, yeah, at the end of the how trade, she makes yeah, yeah. them. But um, I'm wondering if, because um, I haven't seen it in the book yet, um, can people take a key from a lock? Like if they're holding it, can someone take the key from them? 
Because um, in, in the TV show, if a lock is holding a key, you cannot physically take it from them. It burns oh, so, you. The so lock as in they, a person. A person, yeah. They, if, one of the, if one of the locks, so it only works for the three kids because the mum's not officially a lock. She married in. Yeah. So if they're holding a key, Dodge can't take the key from them. Um, Liam's chimed in. I'm with Scott. Uh, Shane is not selling uh, this show for me. Well, I don't work for Netflix, so I don't have to sell any shows. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you, Shane, because again, for all the stuff we've read this season, it seems like we've all watched the TV shows, or as most of us watch TV shows, and the TV shows have been better than some of the books we've read, like you know, Umbrella Academy and so forth. Where, where would you rank them? Like, what's you are, you? are you putting the show ahead of the book or the book ahead of the show? Like, what where are you at? For me, I'm putting them Tread on carefully. I, carefully. I'm putting them on, on par. Yeah, I think the I think the TV show because I watched it first, so obviously I didn't know what they took and what they kept. But I think now reading these first two volumes, they have actually kept to the source material really well, while making it their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the TV show, you do feel a little bit more sad when Mr. Ridgeway is killed because you know the character more, like he's in it for a lot longer. He's not just at the start of the book. So they did well with his character. And the Dodge character is fantastic in the show. Yeah. I've only watched season one, to be fair, and I did really enjoy it. And tonally, it's completely different from the book, mm. in my opinion. Um, yes, the, the material's still there, the story's still there, but... It does feel like the TV show is for like a young adult teenager kind of crowd or whatever, but this is a little bit more darker than the TV show mm. represents. Have you seen the show, Martin? Yeah. No, I've. It was never something I was interested in when I saw the trailer, um, but then when we, I knew we were you know, going to read the book at some point, I wanted to hold off for the source material because I'm saying what we're talking about here, like. I've watched so many of the shows, and that has influenced my opinion on the book. I, I wanted a few of these to let the book speak for itself, and then I might go and watch the show after. I might check it out now we've talked about it because it has interested me a little bit. Only a little bit, though. Only a little bit. But yeah, I might check out the first episode see if it's. Okay. Has the show finished, Shane? Is it yeah. done? Okay. Yeah, show's finished. But see, it's nice. It's a it's a nice change of pace for me to have a book that I've read after I've watched a show that I've oh, enjoyed yeah. as much as the show. Usually I've, yeah. I'm complaining at the book for not stretching stories out enough, but I feel like this book does a really good job with the characters. So that's why I'm putting them on par because I'm enjoying both of them. Whereas the boys, I enjoyed the TV show more. You know, uh, iZombie was completely different. Uh, Resident Alien, wouldn't even, ident- wouldn't even recognize them as the same sort of book. Yeah. Invincible. But, Invincible, yeah, that we we didn't. It's not fair to yeah. judge. Yeah, geez, yeah, we, just, we just glanced at Invincible. The TV yeah. show was fantastic, and so mm-hmm. it was nice to watch. I, I love the Umbrella Academy TV show, and I wasn't overly impressed with the book, but the TV show is flawless. TV yeah. shows so amazing. So now to watch this show and read this book and have them on par for me, I think that's a win. For me, I'm winning. Scott's losing because Scott don't watch the show, but I'm winning. <laughs> Scott, is there, any, is there any chance you will watch the show? Will you get? Can it? we get a watch a live watch along episode of the No Make Scott watch <laughs> and like a reaction. Just me being, I'll just be effing and blinding the whole time, being like, "What the <laughs> hell? Yeah. What, what is going on? What, That's what's not this? a key. Who's this oh. guy? That's not a bloody key. Get that off." Um, yeah. <laughs> If you want, if you know, if people want that, then yeah, I'll do it. I don't mind. But um, yeah, it'll take a lot of we time. We can do some DVD commentaries. We can do some episode wow. commentaries. They'll just be aggressive. Give us a little one-minute <laughs> yeah. review. Scott's Instagram aggressive. or something. Yeah, Scott's you aggressive the, commentaries. You'll have to get the bleeper sound ready. You know, to figure all the F-bombs <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. It'll just sound like Morse code eventually, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the only other thing story-wise I wanted to really touch on uh, and kind of art-wise, see I'm sneaking it in, um, was, you know, in the shower scene where Ellie is just sitting there in her clothes and she's just looking like dead behind the eyes and she's like that. You know, when we talked about facial expressions and stuff earlier, you could see that so much that she was just like glazed over. She was gone. She was in th- like deep thought 
really like in um, turmoil and just struggling. And I really loved that because of just how intense it looked and just how much Dodge just didn't give a shit. Just destroyed her, broke her down to a core pretty much. Yeah, mentally, I mean, she she had her priorities, obviously, for her son and stuff. Mm. And like, he basically just broke her down. And as a as a reader, it's horrible to see. Um, but I that's what I wanted to see with the the rest of the characters, to be honest. From Zach, but yeah, that, mm-hmm. that it was. Um, I like Ellie a lot, but I, part of me kind of does agree with her mom that she was quite weak. But then, what could she really have done? To, yeah. to you know, mm. it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, it'd be interesting to see what how she. Well, I'm assuming she no longer plays a part because she doesn't know anything. Um, he took away the memory of. Hmm. Zach and Luke, and she really now believes that Zach is her actual nephew. Cousin. Oh, yeah, yeah, cousin nephew, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. she's just going to be there making him cakes and buns and dinners at the next. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, she's looking after him. Or... So, I'll be interested to see. See, a massive difference from the show because Ellie still remembers the keys in the show because she there's a new there's a key in the show that unlocks <laughs> your adult memories of magic so she's used that as they all use that before they turned 18 in the tv show so she still remembers but she still has to put up with dodge in the show her character good in the show sorry i have to go with scott on this doesn't that contradict like part of the foundation of what it is you're not supposed yeah, no. to remember it as an adult no you're not that's why the kids make a key the lockwood kids make a key so that they can still remember magic because their dad remembered magic. That's why he mm. gave Kinsey the anywhere key bracelet. Is it in the book? Is it in the book though? Anywhere. I've been too positive. So I do have to give a negative to this book and oh, the Duncan okay. relationship with his boyfriend. Um, first off, his boyfriend was gross, disgusting. Um, yeah. This gross, pervy old man. Hey, don't, uh, don't yuck his yum. I will 100% yucky. Yeah, I'm not even saying that. I can't remember yeah. that. <laughs> but no, I thought that was gross. Um, but I also don't think it was needed. Um, mm. The whole homophobic thing in the bar. It's like it, yeah, what, what, what was that all about? That's, I know yeah. it was a bit late for that ball to be in a comic book. It, this isn't the 80s. This isn't a Stephen King book. You don't need that anymore. Um, and the fact that it was two burly, clearly lesbian women doing it was mm. even more off-putting. And then they they literally just had that so they could be out of the house to run him over when Dodge showed up. Is but this like is the thing I agree with you. Like I, I I can't think creatively why that was put in there. Duncan could have been living on his own, doing his arts class or whatever, and and Zach came through the door and wonders he didn't have to have the boyfriend the whole, the and like I say that the, these two women in the bar beat them up because they they were gay. That it didn't make any creative sense why it was there. No, he could have um, had a normal boyfriend. He still could have scared him off outside, and it could have just been yeah. a passing car that ran him over. Like you can still have these things happen without that scene. I your right. boyfriend was just a dirty old man. Brian was gross looking, like a wee old man in a suit. Yeah. Like make him handsome, make make you know make that, him yeah. yeah yeah. I had I had I had no issue with the homophobic side of things when it was in the bar, because it felt like it was just you know like a little tidbit. So I just say, oh okay, you've done that. Let's move on. But then we dragged home. out to the home, and I thought, oh, come on, now, now it's getting silly. Then I felt like it was irritating me, where I felt mm. like I was being force-fed this. I would have been fine with it had it just been the words, but the fact that they got physical over it, and it's like, do you know, do you know how little that actually happened? It, mm. You know, it's it, it doesn't need to be in the book. You could have just had them making the remarks, because that does happen. You know, people sit at another table and they make remarks when they see you. That's fine. Absolutely fine. You're entitled to do that. And it would have made them uncomfortable in the bar. That could have been absolutely fine. But for it to get physical and then for them to follow them home, it was just a bit much. It was like, oh, my God, come on now. Took it a bit too far. I think it would have been a bit more in context as well if you actually took the two burly women out of it and made it maybe a couple of elderly yokels. Um, yeah, or a couple you know, of young blokes, or yeah, it would have just sort of been a very quick thing just to touch upon it and then move on. Yep. It just was way it, too drawn out. It was a weird inclusion for, mm. for this story. I don't, I don't see why it's there, to be honest. Yeah, same. I agree. Um, you guys ready for th- thoughts and scores? Hmm? 
it's that time. It's, it's gone quick for me. This hour has gone very quick. I'm very happy about that. But yeah, time for our thoughts and scores. So everyone in the chat, uh, if you've been watching along and you read the book and you want to give a score, just chuck it in the chat. You don't need to give a reason if you don't want to. Just say 10 out of 10. You know, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Trying to influence um, your score in any uh, way, are you, Scott? <laughs> no, no, not at all. So from our uh, community WhatsApp group, uh, we had a message earlier on from Pete from Triple G Comics. He read along. He couldn't make it tonight, and he wanted to give it a 9 out of 10. So we've noted that down. If you want to join the group, and give us a message. Put something in the comments of the video, um, and we'll send you the link over. You can join the group. More than welcome. Um, but for everyone else in the chat who's read along, give us your score. But for now... Let's start with Martin, please. I'm volume one. I'll start with volume one because I've had to read Double Bubble this time. Volume one would have been a nine for me because I loved it. It was a great nice. book. But that's influenced the foundation of my opinion on this volume. I am on the same vibe. I did mm. have a slight issue with uh, the Zach character and the homophobic scene was quite irritating, but it's not going to lower my score that much because I did enjoy this. I want more from this. The artwork was fantastic. It's very consistent throughout both volumes. Um, I enjoyed all the characters. I like the, the premise of the keys and I want to know more. I want to know what other keys there are. I want to know how this story evolves. <laughs> so if I'm going for a nine for volume one, I'm going to have to give this an 8.5. Only ever so slightly going down Fair for enough. those two, two little bits. Totally justified, I think. Nice one. Yeah, good score. Phil? Yeah, pretty much going to echo the same as Martin. I have two scores written down here, though. Um, I'm just debating what one to pick from because I was torn between the two. Volume 1, for me, is a far better story. I think, again, when you have the Sam Lesser character kind of being, being, what's the word, like manipulated or whatever to do the things he was doing, that was that was more creepy. And more kind of threatening and menacing than than mm. than this volume. Um, I like the Ridgeway stuff. I like the LA stuff at the, the start at the end. The stuff in between where they're kind of finding the key and establishing what it does, and like it was all really cool. I just feel like maybe there was a bit too much of that. And again, as, as Martin mentioned, that the kind of homophobic attack for some reason just felt really out of place. Like I don't know why it was there. There was no creative reason to have it. Other than and Liam mentioned there, he wanted Duncan a reason to come home, but there's a million one different ways you could do that, um, in my opinion. So I, I am lower my score from volume one because volume one's the same. I, I don't think I gave it a nine last time, but after my second read, I would give volume one a nine, and this gets an eight. Um, it's, it's, I, I really enjoy the whole story, the concept, and I'm looking forward to reading on. Um, I hope I hope Dodge returns because she's so much more cooler and scarier than than sax sax just a wee ah, yeah plonker but was we lip ring you know don't, don't, if you have a lip ring don't be offended i just i just I didn't, I didn't like the yeah i didn't like the look of him as we goody and stuff he's horrendous looking yeah yeah uh for, for a bit of context i guess because this is volume two and this is sequels month i just want to let you know that we read volume one on season one and it was like joint second on our leaderboard for season one, and it had a nine out of ten. So, um, so yeah, Martin, you're bang on with your score. Volume one, Phil, you are too. Um, but yeah, Shane, I'm interested to see what you think now. Um, I did really love it. Like I said, I really love the TV show. So to find a comic book that matches that enjoyment for me is rare, and I do really enjoy this, and I want to read on. I am actually looking at getting the slipcase trades nice. not, uh, not the big one because i don't have the space but i can get a nice little slipcase um the homophobic stuff i don't i don't need that in my books i if it's done correctly then it's absolutely fine had it just been a throwaway line at the bar then that's that that's more natural and that's what pe most people have experienced is what i'll say um, but the physical violence and the being followed home it just felt incredibly extreme and i had that been Dodge, maybe manipulating these people to do it, then maybe, but it was just put in there for no reason. And I, I can't forgive that. The beginning, I was a little bit, mm, but once the book started, I really enjoyed it. I do feel sorry for Lizzie. Um, it's just such a shame what's happening to her. 
The characters are great. The key in this book is probably one of my favorites. I love the way it's used. I love looking inside people's heads. I want to look inside everyone's head now. The next volume needs to look in everyone's heads. <laughs> it's really not, like my head and Scott's head and Martin's head. That, that, that'll be scary. Yeah, actually, I stay away. Actually, yeah, no. <laughs> and I love the art. The faces are fantastic. My my big gripe with most artists is the faces, and in this book, I think they're done fantastically well. I cannot remember what I scored volume one, so it has no bearing on my score for this book. But I'm going to give this one an eight point five. Great. Uh, we uh, well, I just want to mention. I just want to mention. So, um, volume one was very much like hey this is the concept we have let's go ahead and hit you with a bunch of keys to get you really interested in the story um that's how i felt with it anyway um volume two then slows right down and just focuses really on one key yeah we see the anywhere key and we do see a little bit of some of the other little keys but the main focus was the head key um fantastic concept it was so good that they could use one key to give you a whole like six issue story essentially. Um, I thought it was really well done. Um, the art fantastically consistent, um, but yeah, wasn't quite as like um, you know book gripping as uh, Volume One with the whole Sam Lesser stuff. Uh, but enjoyed it very much nonetheless. Is you know my second read on this. I just love it, and the fact that I'm picking stuff up every like new things every time I read it. I'm just having such a good time with it, and I think this story will always hold a fantastic place uh, in, in in my heart. Um, I can't remember what I gave it uh, season one anyway. It was probably really high, um, but I am pretty much matching the rest of you apart from Phil, uh, and I'm also giving it an eight point five. Nice. There we go. So um, we had uh, that nine from Pete in, in our WhatsApp group. And tonight we've had uh, a score from Liam as well. So this is what he said. So I read both volumes today as I couldn't remember volume one, which I originally gave a 7.5. Shockingly, it's easily at least an 8.5. Reading in quick su succession, it's easy to see volume one is better. Volume two gets 7.5. Who knows? Maybe this will bump up if I read reread in the future too. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, thank you very much. We got those two scores. Um, those combined together gives us an 8.25. So that's really close to all of our scores. Uh, combining that uh, with Phil's 8 and Shane, Martin, and my uh, 8.5, we get a total of 8.4. Cool. So, and we will also be looking at the sequel leaderboard as well. So, uh, do hang around for that. Uh, but where does it land on our current leaderboard? Where does volume two land? Ooh, joint fourth place with Blackest Night, bumping off Fantastic Four full circle. So, it's on our top 10. Uh, there we go. Let's go ahead and have a look at the rest of the leaderboard there. Sweet. Yeah, all looking good. So I've done the math, a very quick math to see how this season, this is a brand new entry now to the sequels leaderboard because um, it's now volume two, so it now goes onto the leaderboard. So volume one got a nine. This got an 8.4. So that means as uh, an average, this season, uh, this series is now on 8.7. So where does this land on our sequel leaderboard? It's Oof. top spot. Oof. Number one of the sequel leaderboard, pushing down Batman New 52 issues 1 to 12 that we've read so far, and Saga issues 1 to 12 that we've read so far, both at 8.5, pushing everything down uh, and pushing, unfortunately, once in future, off of the off of this uh, little leaderboard here. And there's the rest view if you want to see as well. Oh my god! I didn't expect it to to do that well, but um, very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. but uh, that's it. That's it. There's only one more thing now to do, and that's to find out what we got coming up next week. But I'm going to tell you first that tomorrow's video on the Nerdo channel, we've got Kev. He's done a draw along, and it's very cool. Shane, you'll love his little chibi. It is how to draw yes. Wonder Woman. Look at that! It's such a great <laughs> pose as well. His little shirt and his tiara. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> 
really good really really good but there we go right it is uh now time for us uh wait there amy my lovely fiance has managed to comment uh she's in utter shock and disbelief that once in future has been taken off the sequel's leaderboard put once in future back on she said um well there we go you may be in luck amy yeah <laughs> let's see what's coming up next week shall we here we go yes baby shane what we got coming up is your pick I've picked Once in Future Volume 3. I want to see what Duncan's up to. Mate, such a fantastic uh, story. It's called The Parliament of Magpies, uh, Volume 3. And I'm very much looking forward to getting onto that. I'm so glad I, uh, I turned you on to that story. So am I. And yeah. hopefully it gets back up on the uh, sequels leaderboard next week. Yeah, if it does, you know what falls off, don't you? What? I hit Fairyland. Ooh. Oh. You're torn now. Is your score going to be skewed next week? Are you going to. No, I'm still going to score it fairly if I enjoy the book. Good I'm man. just pleased we're going to be blessed with some beautiful Dan Mora artwork next oh, yes. week. Kieran Gillen, Dan Mora, and my favourite colourist, Tamara Bonvillain. Uh, <laughs> and my favourite surname, to be honest, is amazing. Yeah. Favourite um, name and colourist, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so I cannot wait for that. Please also keep in mind that next week it is our Herd's Choice pick. So do have a think this week for what you'd like to choose for Herd's Choice. Maybe you could choose a sequel and keep up to sequels month. But you can choose whatever you want if you want. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. One more thing to do. Okay, waves out. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs>